What is up, nerds? Welcome to a special bonus review from the 3FN Podcast. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. For this special bonus review, we will be reviewing the brand new movie, Scream 6. Or Scream VI, however you want to say it. However, it's going to be a fun time. And of course, I am your host, Rich. And joining me in the co-pilot's chair, he's the gray-bearded wizard. It's Ron. What's happening, people? Well, Ron, it finally came upon us. Scream 6 was here. A year ago, we got Scream 2022. Radio silence took over. We were waiting to see where they went. Did they hit a home run? Did they make it a slashing good time? Or was it just trash? Trash. We will find out when we get to that part of the review. But before we get there, let's keep it short and sweet because this is just a bonus review. If you would like to get a hold of the 3FN podcast at all, whether you would like to find out our social media uh, you know, handles, whether you would like to find out about patreon.com slash 3FN podcast, where for as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus uh stuff plus you help support the show whether you want to find out about the t public store or friends of the show like the odph the musical directory or even the local sponsors like dragon master games for all your magic the gathering gaming needs visit them on the world wide web dragonmastergames.com it's simple there's a one-stop shop for all that go to 3fnpodcast.com that's right 3fnpodcast.com is where you can find all the information about the 3fn podcast and uh we do implore you to go there's a lot of fun a lot of good times so the way we're going to do this bonus review is not like the normal show. We're not going to have a Deez's movie triple stuff. We're not even going to have the big opening. We're going to give you what you want. We're going to hit you right with the meat and potatoes. Okay, so we're going to do the first part as normal, a spoiler free section. That's right. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want to spoil, that's fine. There's a spoiler free section. We will warn you when the spoilers kick in. So in the spoiler free section, we're going to do the normal. We're going to give you, you know, what the budget of the film is, you know, what, you know, all the, all the cool numbers and such. And also on top of that, we'll then give you the spoiler free synopsis followed, of course, by who, who made the movie, who was in the movie, you know, all that happy jazz before giving you our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle or thumbs down recommendation with a spoiler free. Why? We will then play the spoiler alert. There will be no break. We're just going to play the spoiler alert. And at the other end of the spoiler alert, we'll give you that final warning. And then we will give you the spoiler full review of Scream 6 before giving you the internet scores and our scores to end out the show. So, Ron, are you ready to go on this journey? Let's go. All right, let's go. Let's get in our cars. And instead of driving to Woodsboro, California, we only got to go three hours down I-17. Or I-86 now. It used to be Route 17. Now it's I-86. Yes, it is. To go to New York City because Scream 6 took place in New York City. So, Scream 6 was released on March 10th of 2023. Of course, just this past Friday. Uh, We went to see it uh, this weekend, although there was a preview night. The runtime was 122 minutes. So, uh, two hours and two minutes. And the budget for the film, $35 $35 million, and worldwide so far, it's made $61.7 million. So, uh, Ron, I'm not always a math genius, but I think it made its money back. Did it? Wow, that's amazing. I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, let's jump right over, because every movie has a, uh, has a story, and this one has a story as well. Man, I got a story to tell. Okay, so here is the spoiler-free synopsis. There's two of them from... Uh, of course, IMDb. And by the way, none of them are from fans. One of them is the IMDb <laughs> one, and one of them is from Paramount. <laughs> so uh, the first one, in, in the next installment, the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. That is simplistic. 
And the Paramount one, which you know is going to be way more wordy. Let's go. <laughs> Following the latest Ghostface killings, the four survivors leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter. In Scream 6, Sam Carpenter, Mindy Meeks, Chad Meeks, Tara Carpenter, and they're joined by Kirby Reed and Gail Weathers to return the roles to the franchise alongside uh, newcomers to bring us into the new era of Ghostface. That was more of like a press release, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, that was very generic. Very, very weak. Weak sauce, IMDb. Uh, somebody needs to get on there and get them a better <laughs> synopsis. I, I'm not going to be the guy because they don't pay me. I don't, get pay, <laughs> I don't get paid for that shit. No. Well, now that we know, of course, you know, the story, we know the little the budget and all that stuff, let's find out who made it. Who made this shit? That's right. Who made this shit? Of course, this movie is directed by the new production company because these guys produce, they write, they direct. They did not write this movie, but they produced a ton of movies. And of course, they're directors. And uh, that would be Radio Silence, the company that was known. And the two directors of this movie. That's right. Two directors, Matt Bettinelli-Alpin and Tyler Gillette. And uh, these guys have uh, pretty much different movies. Uh, Well, Bettinelli-Alpin has... Uh, a, a greater list. He was did uh, VHS in 2012, Ready or Not in 2019, oh, nice. and Scream 2022, all before this. Uh, Tyler Gillette uh, started his career in a movie called For Always in 2004, and then he was a part of VHS, Ready or Not, and Scream 2022. So that's okay. when it was, he did one movie prior to them becoming Radio Silence, and mm-hmm. now everything is together. Nice. The screenplay, of course, is based on a Kevin Williamson creation. Kevin Williamson created Scream, so we got to give him a shout out there, as well as Dawson's Creek (laughs) and uh, The Faculty and I Know What You Did Last Summer. The dude has uh, got a lot of work in. Uh, But the screenplay for this movie in particular was written by two people. They are not a team. They were just two people. Uh, First up, James Vanderbilt. Uh, His first movie that he ever wrote, Darkness Falls in 2003. He followed that by a movie that I know both of us like. Basic in 2003 oh, as well. Nice. Also in 2003, he wrote The Rundown with The Rock. Oh, that's not a bad movie. No, I like it. I'm just saying. Yeah. I would say, I would stand to say in 2007 is one of his best movies on here, Zodiac. No, Zodiac was He good. was a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. He also wrote The Amazing Spider-Man in 2012, and he also would come back uh, to do some consulting for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. He also would write White House Down in 2013. Independence Day Resurgence in 2016, and he was also one of the writers for Scream 2022. Uh, His partner on this was Guy Busick. His first movie was a movie called Urge in 2016, and then he has done two, count them, two Radio Silence movies as he was the writer for Ready or Not in 2019, and he was also the partner of James Vanderbilt on Scream 2022 as far as screenwriting goes. Now we're going to move on to the director of photography, and this guy is definitely a guy who has been around our our friends over at Radio Silence, Brett Jukowitz. I hope I said his name right. (laughs) Uh, His first movie he ever was the DP on was The Pleasure of Being Robbed in 2008. Uh, he did a bunch of like small TV stuff and some shorts before coming back to be the director of photography for Ready or Not in 2019. Then he did The Black Phone in 2021. We like that nice, movie a lot nice. as well. Yeah. And then he was also the DP for Scream 2022. So well, I kept a lot of this stuff in house with people yeah. that they knew. And I, I really appreciate that. I do like what Radio Silence does. And you know what? They're young up and comers and they're making one hell of a name for themselves in the horror realm. Yes. Well, now that we know who made this shit, let's find out who starred in this shit. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars. 
So uh, this is not really a spoiler, but uh, during this movie, we find out that they have now chosen a name. They call themselves the Core Four. <laughs> uh, in the previous movies, we had, technically we had a Core Four going into two that dropped down to a Core Three. Yes. Uh, so now we have the Core Four, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go give a rundown for every all of them, and then we're gonna talk about who else was in the movie and give them a little less of a rundown because we'd be here all day. <laughs> so let's start off with returning as Sam Carpenter, Melissa Barrera. Uh, first of all, she started out on the telenovela down in Mexico. Like, she's a huge star down there. And uh, her first American movie was Elle for Leisure in 2014. And then she was in in the movie In the Heights in 2021. That was a huge movie. Okay. Of course, she uh, got her new Scream Queen status in Scream 2022. And then she most recently, before the new Scream movie, was in a movie called Bed Rest in 2022. It's about a pregnant woman who is bedridden who sees ghosts. <laughs> and are they really ghosts or is somebody after her child? Crazy shit. Uh, I do suggest seeing it. Nice. Next up, playing Tara Carpenter, the now infamous, I would oh, say, yes, easily. Jenna Ortega. And as easy as it is to remember how all that she's done recently, let's just point out the fact that Jenna Ortega's first movie, Iron Man 3 in 2013. Yes. Uh, she was then starting, she started her Scream Queen Ascension way earlier than people think because she was then in Insidious Chapter 2 in 2013. Yep. She was in The Babysitter Killer Queen in 2020. Yep. And then she had the 2022 run. She was in Scream 2022, Studio 666 in 2022, yep. X in 2022, and of course she finished off the year on the Wednesday series in 2022. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, unless you've been living under a rock, you would know who Jenna Ortega is. And most recently she has been linked, not confirmed yet, but linked to Beetlejuice 2. Yep. So she's going to be joining Michael Keaton, allegedly. Uh, it has not been set in stone yet, but we are anticipating that to be set in stone. Next up, Jasmine Savoy Brown, who plays Mindy Meeks. Uh, she Her first movie, Laggies, in 2014. Uh, she did a bunch of the little small roles. And then in 2022, she did Scream and also Missing. She was in Missing. Oh, she was. Yeah, in 2022. And yeah. you guys also would remember, starting in 2019, she's been in Yellow Jackets. I didn't watch and it. I, I know. I know we don't watch it, yeah. but it's a huge show. So no, I, I, I A lot of people probably remember from there. Next up, Mason Gooden playing Chad. His first movie was Booksmart in 2019. Then he was in Scream 2022, and he was in that movie. Remember the person stuck on the the the, the, the like phone tower or whatever fall? Oh yeah, he yeah. was in that movie. Oh, was he? I, I heard well. actually decent things about that movie. I yeah, I didn't hear bad things about it. I never saw it, but I no. didn't hear bad things about it. So that rounds out our core four stars. Uh, let's talk about the legacy characters in this movie reprising her role for an unprecedented sixth time. Hey, gotta do what you gotta do. Courtney Cox is Gail Weathers. Of course, we low and love Courtney Cox from a ton of things. Most people know her from Friends or the Scream franchise itself. Of course, we also know her from one of the greatest movies of all time, Masters of the Universe. Yes, <laughs> and that uh, one, uh, that one Bruce the, Springsteen the, uh, video. Oh yeah, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I it was totally Bruce, no, it was Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, you're right. Uh, of course, also making a legacy return in this movie and a smaller role than the last one, Skeet Ulrich as uh, Billy Loomis. Yes. And then, of course, returning, returning legacy character, and we know we're excited to see her. Hayden Penetier returns as Kirby Reed. We thought she was dead. We found out in 2022, she was, uh, Scream 2022, she wasn't dead. And she returns here as FBI agent Kirby Reed. Yes, she does. And, of course, you know Hayden Penetier from such legendary films as Remember the Titans. Uh, she was also in Scream 4. You remember from the show Heroes. Yep. I mean, Hayden Penetier, I think everybody knows who she is. Yes. 
All right, let's talk about the new blood, if you will. So the new cast members of this movie. Oh, of course, Roger Jackson. Uh, Roger L. Jackson, I should say, is back as the voice of yes. Ghostface. We all know and love Roger Jackson. So I just wanted to make sure he gets his due. Uh, so let's lead off some of the new characters in this movie. Uh, Detective Mike Bailey is played by Dermot Mul Mulroney. And uh, you might know him from My Best Friend's Wedding. Uh, he was also in Young Guns. In a smaller role, Dirty Steve. Oh, that's right. Guns. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So I mean, he's had a he's had a hell of a career. Section Eight. Uh, most recently, he was also in a movie called uh, The Uma. Remember the Japanese yep. horror film? Yep. He was in that. So he's been in quite a bit of stuff. But uh, he was in this movie as Detective Bailey, uh, playing Ethan Landry, Jack Champion. That's a hell of a name, by the way. Uh, you probably remember him from Avatar The Way of the Water. Uh, yeah, uh, no. He is also set to reprise his role of that in Avatar 3 as well. I'm just throwing yeah, that out to you. No. Uh, of course, he was the kid on a bike in the Avengers Endgame. Uh, way better acting in that movie. He was in The Night Sitter uh, and a bunch of other stuff, but uh, still a relatively young gentleman. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in more things. Uh, cute Boy Next Door, Danny Brackett, was played by <laughs> Joss Segarra. Yep. And uh, Joss Segarra, you might remember him from Arrow. Yep. He played Adrian Chase on Arrow, so and, that's where uh, most Prometheus. of us are. He was in the uh, remake of Overboard. He was in Trainwreck. <laughs> Uh, he was on She-Hulk. Uh, he's made his rounds. Yes. He's been in a lot of stuff. Very uh, cute boy is what they call him for most of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he's pretty he's pretty dreamy. I can see that. Well, uh, playing the role of Quinn Bailey was Liana Liberato. Uh, Liana has been in If I Stay, uh, Trust, uh, Stuck in Love, and most recently the movie called Dig. So uh, she's, she's also another young up-and-comer that was added to this movie. And rounding out uh, the last of like the major cast in this movie is going to be Devin Nakoda. Devin Nakoda plays the character of Anika and uh, Annika, sorry, that's how you say it. I said it wrong. She was in Utopia Falls. She was in Sneakerella. Uh, she did a lot of like Disney stuff. Uh, and her young age, she's a very young up-and-coming actress as well. She was also on Degrassi, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> nice. So it's always good that lineage, lineage, I should say. Yeah. And then we have a couple stars that make appearances in this film. And without spoiling anything, of course, you know, because she was advertised for the film, Samara Weaving. Uh, she plays a character in this movie called Laura Crane. And, of course, Samara Weaving, you know her from The Babysitter. You know yep. her from Ready or Not. Uh, she's She is a star in the horror realm. Yeah. Hence why adding her to Scream was she's a so big get. So she's rounding out the cast as well as, and I always say his name wrong, Tony Revolori who plays Jason Carvey. And uh, you might not know the name, but if I say Flash Thompson, <laughs> you know who he is. He was Flash Thompson in the Spider-Man movies, uh, the MCU Spider-Man movies, that is. He is also great in Huster in Willow. Uh, that was yeah. That's one of his newer roles. And he was also on Servant. There's a lot of fans of Servant. He plays Toby on Servant yes, as well. Yes. So uh, he's he's an up-and-comer. I loved all the I love the new additions. Yeah. They're adding a nice, wonderful young cast to Scream. Uh, well, still... Paying homage to the to legacy characters as well. Yeah. Well, now that we've talked about who starred in the movie, let's now focus on our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, spoiler free uh, recommendation. Ron, I will start with you. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, and why? Well, this is uh, definitely a thumbs up. Like, even if you are not a Scream fan and you wanted to get into it, you can actually watch this movie by itself. Like, they give you enough information to where you don't need to know the whole history. Because they actually fill you in enough. Little pieces here, there, there, just enough. And you, you learn everything. 
It, not everything, but most of it. And then if you wanted to go back and rewatch the whole franchise, you can. Like, this is a great start introduction to the Scream franchise if you've never seen any of them. If you wanted to start from one and work your way up, which is very easy to do because it's on streaming services, It's you know, which is also great. But uh, by itself, it's a great standalone movie. So... Agreed. I can't agree with you more. Uh, I'm going to also say thumbs up for this. I will add to that. Not only is it a good movie uh, that I do recommend, I also would say that it does help you if you've seen the previous movies because there is a lot in there. There's a lot of fan service, but I know some people didn't like it. I, I always dig a little bit of fan service, and I don't think that they went too far with the fan service. They did try some new things in this movie, and they did explore a little further. So if you didn't find yourself liking Scream 2022, I think they evolved even from that. Uh, and I really did dig the vibe here. So I like the little mixture. I like the mixture of the paying homage to yeah. the new and trying some new things. And some of the bigger swings they took actually landed. So yeah. that, that's that's interesting these days because a lot of times when we've talked about movies taking big swings recently, uh, Ron, we have, uh, uh-huh. unfortunately, it's a swing and a miss. Yeah. And uh, here they, they were uh, definitely hitting line drives to the outfield all fucking day oh, yeah. and exactly. driving and runs. So with that... That is the spoiler-free section. We are going to play the spoiler alert in a minute. On the other side of this alert, we will be dropping our spoiler full review. So if you have not seen Scream 6 and you do not want it spoiled, this is where you stop this podcast. Watch them when you watch the movie, come back and hear the full review. However, if you do not care about this movie being spoiled or you've already seen it, you are going to be in for the ride of your life because we are going to break it down right after, right about. Now, so we're not going to break this movie down scene by scene. We're just going to kind of give our likes and dislikes, although there will be scenes that we discuss because obviously that's part of likes and we're going to open it up with one of the things that I thought was really fresh and I really liked and that of course was the open of this movie. So through the history of Scream, there's, it's always been known for its opens. Yes. Let's be honest and some of them were better than others. This one I think is up there. Here's how basically the movie opens. We're at a bar. Samara Weaving is at the bar. She is waiting so on a date and uh, the date met text messenger and says, hey, this is embarrassing but I'm lost. It's easy to do in New York City. So can I call you? She says, of course you can call me. So she answers the phone. When she answers the phone, the person's like, hey, you know, what's the colors the outside of the building? She's like, I believe red. Let me go check and make sure. Oh, I'm not in front of red building. I don't even think I'm on Hudson. Wait a minute. I see an alley. Is there an alley by you? She's like, yeah, there's an alley. Let me go see. I don't see you. I don't see you either. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. I think I see you now. Can you wave to me? She waves and he's like, wait a minute. That's weird. There's somebody in front of me, but they're not waving. Yeah. But I'm waving. Well, it's weird. Oh, wait a minute. Wow, that's odd. They're walking towards me now. Oh, my God. Oh, my. I'm, they're chasing me. They're cha- uh, they're after me. And she's like, calm down. And she goes running into the alley. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you hear, and then we get the ghost face voice. Roger Jackson at his finest. Basically saying, you know, for somebody who is the professor of 20th century slashers, you sure are willing to run into a dark alley like for no reason. <laughs> and she gets startled by some noises before Ghostface jumps out. And we get the first death. Samara Weaving is no longer with us. Continuing the trope of a star being killed in the beginning of the movie. But this is a little different because, Ron, after the kill happens... The, the, the mask gets pulled off uh, they instantly. Were, they demasked themselves, and it is Flash Thompson. It was. Well, I know and, he's not Flash Thompson in this movie, yeah, but, but Flash uh, Thompson. 
Listen, Flash Thompson got pissed, man. Spider-Man was getting all the credit. He was going around. He had to kill some people. So so Jason Carvey, as his character's name is in the movie, reveals himself. And it, instantly, I'm sitting there next to you going, or well, originally next to my son, then next yeah. to you, because I already knew. But I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Are we, is this the twist? Maybe maybe the internet was right. Maybe Stu Hawker's back. Maybe the cult of fucking Ghostface is the, the real thing that's going to happen in this movie. Because I can't figure out any other reason why Ghostface would demask. Yeah. And then we see, you know, Jason puts all the stuff inside of his bag and he just goes, he just walks casually out on the street and mixes right in and nobody knows any wiser. As he's walking back to his apartment, though, he bumps into Tara Carpenter and says, hey, you going to that party tonight? And she goes, yeah, how about your sister? My sister doesn't do parties. Oh, you should try to convince her. (laughs) And he enters his apartment to his, his roommate, Greg. And uh, I love Greg. Greg was Greg, a great, Greg was great part of this movie. By the way, shout outs that the television in the apartment's playing Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> shout outs. Uh, so we get, he gets a phone call from Greg. And of course, Greg is using the modulator. And he's like, hey, we said we weren't going to use the modulator. And Greg goes, you said you were also not going to kill anybody without me. So if you wanted that practice, I'm getting practice this way. And he goes, fair enough. And he goes, tell me how I felt to kill. And he's like, man, it was great. It was like she wasn't human. And then every stab, she was less human. And all of a sudden, she was just meat. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'll tell you where I am. You want to play hot or colder? He's like, oh, man, I know you're not here. He's like, come on, humor me. <laughs> so he's, they start playing hot or colder. And just when he's going to give up, the, the caller says, hey, hey, you're hot. Why are you going to give up now? You're so close. Yeah. So you're like, you're hot. And he turns around. He starts walking towards the fridge. You're hot. You're on fire. He opens up the fridge. And what's in the fridge, Ron? Uh, What's in the fridge? Decapitated uh, buddy. Chopped (laughs) up Greg. Greg Greg was so good. Uh, What's in the the fridge? It was greatest acting by Greg. And uh, when he turns around, Ghostface is there slaughtering him down. And I love the shit talking because now we know that the modulator can be hooked to him after the last movie. So you can hear Ghostface talking shit going, do you feel like meat? Do you feel less human now? (laughs) As he's stabbing him. And as he gets to the ground, we learn real quick that they're trying to kill the Carpenter sisters to finish Richie's movie because they were friends with him online. We learned all this early on. I thought that was interesting because this is the opening scene. It's pretty good. And my favorite line comes there because Ghostface literally goes, fuck the movies and, <laughs> and yep. feels the, the the throat slit to end to go to title card i thought this was one yep. of the better opens of the series it, honestly, it, no, in my it is definitely because uh in the previous you know early ones it was always like the beginning of stab and it just got kind of stupid and you, we've made the comment after we watched it like at least they got away from that like they're, they give you the double open and it's you know, and it's good. it's great. It's a good double open. So now we catch up with the core four, and basically what we found out is they've moved to New York City to go to college. Or well, Tara's in college, and so aren't the twins. And Sam's there to kind of protect and look after her sister. She has a funny interaction with her therapist. <laughs> uh, he wants her to open up. She basically then tells him the whole story, and uh, he recuses himself as her therapist because he's freaked out. Uh, dude, I got to give a credit to that dude uh, playing the therapist. Um, because you actually feel that he could like they they were showing you who Ghostface was immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. So then we turn around and they we we get the whole clue. They go to a party. They stop Tara. Like I'm just skipping over a lot of things because we have our core four together. We start to meet the secondary characters, and finally, while they're at the house or the apartment, I should say, they finally get the uh, see on the thing uh, the TV about the killings. Yeah. So they know. That the they, they assume that Greg and Jason killed the teacher, which they didn't. It was just Jason. Yeah. But then somebody killed them, and they left Sam's ID at the house. And, of course, their roommate, Quinn, her dad is a detective for the NYPD. And, of course, he ends up 
bartering to get the case to kind of help out. Yeah. And uh, they, he has to give Sam come in because of our thing. But on our way, a funny thing happened on our way to the precinct. We get our first ghost face call, and he calls her from Richie Chris's phone number. Yeah. You know, the killer from the last movie. Yeah, she, she still had the contact in her phone. Which, which happens. I, I know I've got I, phone numbers that are, I, yeah. I still have somebody's contact in my phone that is no longer with us. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got a few, actually, believe it or not. But here's the thing. Ghostface has the number calling in saying, hey, I got rid of those two elder chuckleheads because they were going to kill you. Well, are you trying to be, why are you trying to protect us? Oh, I'm not protecting you. I just want to kill you. Yeah. I'm going to run your name through the mud and then I'm going to kill you because there's this evil rumor going around on the internet that Sam was the mastermind behind the Woodsboro killings of Scream 2022 and that she just framed it on her boyfriend. So this is, she's now gone from the hero to the villain on the internet, which we see that happen all the time. I love that social commentary, by the way. Yeah. So while this is happening, Ghostface reveals himself to the Carpenter sisters as he tries to attack Terror, and they take refuge in a bodega. And then we get one of the most original things in my one of my favorite parts of this movie is that we finally see Ghostface. And I understand people will be like, well, he kills a lot of random people. No, usually he stalks people, and it's people that are attached to the people that he's after. Yes. We finally see him kill real random people, because as he comes in the bodega, one of the guys says, hey... Leave these girls alone, and he stabs that guy, and he stabs <laughs> another guy, and then the the clerk tries to shoot him with a gun. Eventually, Ghostface ends up with that gun and shoots that clerk. So he kills three people in a bodega without like they're not part of the story, right? Not even part of the story. Not even there. Did, were did, were you like me and counting the shots? Yes. Okay. I was counting shots. Just make sure because I was like, I was like, oh man, I'm like the shotgun. I'm like, there's probably only eight. Maybe ten, but I think it was only eight eight holders. So um, I'm not a gun nut, people. So, but I'm like I'm counting shots. And they only got off five. Very good. So you gotta pay attention. So what we we find out that he leaves a mask at that scene, and then we find out when the girls go to the precinct that he left a mask at the uh, Jason Carvey scene too. Yes. And that mask had the DNA of Richie Curse and Amanda Freeman, the killers from 2022. And then. If that wasn't good enough, they find out shortly thereafter the mask they found at the gas station has the DNA of uh, Jill and Charlie from Scream 4. Yep. Interesting. Old Scream masses? Yeah. Not to mention they said that the Scream mask that the killer was wearing looked old and beat up. Yep. Ooh, man. Ooh. The internet was a buzz about could it be Stu Mocker in this movie? Who knows? Looking pretty interesting, right? So now we're on high alert. Everybody's on the high alert everybody's doing what they have to do and we get another great this movie doesn't waste any a lot of time we get the story in between but it doesn't waste time between the action because literally they leave there and then pretty much the next scene is in the apartment uh, well no sorry the next scene is the core four finding out uh getting our new our new marching orders from mindy (laughs) which was the uh this is not a sequel to a requel this is a franchise yep and there's rules to a franchise (laughs) which was awesome yes i love when they bring it back and it was a lot of fun so the next killing scene man and it was another good one is an apartment and uh ghostface ends up behind quinn quinn's a little promiscuous we find that out early on in the movie yes and uh also i should mention we find out that uh tara and chad are they they have feelings for each other they can't requite them but they have feelings well they've been friends for a while yeah so next thing you know he's not he's not bad looking no he's a very good looking man so next thing you know ron ghostface in the room with quinn what but cute boy across the hall. So the love interest of, because we find out Sam has been fucking cute boy. So the love interest is, is sees it and she's trying to warn Quinn and Ghostface sees him. And Ghostface kills the fucking dude that Quinn was fucking in the shower. And then he kills Quinn. 
And then let the games begin because he throws Quinn's body out in the other room. <laughs> and then the chase is on for the rest of the people in the house. And we get probably my favorite kill of this movie is the kill on Annika. Oh, yeah. Uh, because basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to escape from the apartment to Cute Boy's house. Uh, it's Danny, but yeah. they keep calling him Cute Boy. He pulls a ladder across, and Sam's like, are you kidding me? He goes, do you have a better idea? She's like, nope. So Sam crawls across, and then you know Mindy got stabbed, or sliced in the arm, sorry, not stabbed. And she crawls across, and uh, previous to this, Annika's got fucking stabbed in the gut with a oh. knife lifting a little bit. Yeah, so, she, so she she's kind of fucked she up. She got gutted. So that's why she says she's got to want to go last because it's going to take her longer. And and this whole time they've blocked the door off, but you know Ghostface is trying to get in, and he gets in as Annika's about halfway across the ladder, and they're like, "Just come to us, come on!" And he starts fucking with the ladder, <laughs> and eventually bucks her off the ladder. She falls a good five stories Easy. and smacks her face oh, off of a uh, dumpster. Dumpster. And uh, they don't shy away from showing you Ooh. her face right after. Nope. It is not pretty. Nope. Probably my favorite kill of this movie. It was, it was solid. So now we go on, and like I said, skipping ahead, we, you know, Gail is now getting involved. They're trying to trap it. We've we've now met Kirby as the FBI agent. Lots of fun stuff. By the way, the dialogue in this movie is great. Let's talk. Yes. You know, uh, one of my big points of this movie, I did love the dialogue and the little jabs because I like when there's a little fun to the script. You know, at one point in Juncture, when uh, Gail sees Kirby, she's like, "Aren't you a child?" Bur- 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 uh, you know. Hires children. Yeah, and she's like, I'm, I'm 30, thirty now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, again, if I, you might as well come too. Well, I did all the research. How did you find this place? And Gail's like, because I'm good at my job. One day you'll get there. <laughs> yep. And uh, basically, what Gail found was what Ron uh, a theater, an old rundown theater that was basically being set up as a museum for stab or ghost face, or ghost extreme face, extreme yeah. killings, whatever yeah. you want to yeah. call it. And it has like memorabilia, if you will, yeah. from every day. The, the, the Stu Mocker TV is there. Yep. The knife that stabbed Kirby is there, which is cool because Kirby's looking at it. And there's a cool moment with that, in my opinion. Uh, there's the robes, and while well, the masks are missing already, because that's why the masks have been coming from, but the robes for every ghost face yep. are there. And, you know, I, I just thought that it was a really kind of a neat when they were explaining it. And we get some really cool dialogue because there's a really cool conversation between Tara and Kirby. Yes. When uh, Tara asks Kirby how she gets over it, and uh, Tara basically says, Kirby tells, Terry, you know, first I was scared, but I got angry, and I said I didn't want to. I didn't want to be afraid of the yeah. monsters. I wanted to fear. The, I wanted I, the monsters to fear me. Yes. And so Tara kind of like, wow, that's pretty cool and profound. And yeah. at the same time, we get to see a bonding between Gail and Sam because she's asking her, you know, basically, you know, you got to live for the person you love. Like, well, first she tells her about her fucked up mother yeah. and Gail says, fuck your mother. I had a shit of parents too, so I understand. And then she goes, you know, and Sam asked her how she deals, you know, this. And she's like, you have to find somebody important and just focus on them. That's your family. Well, even if it's only one person. Yes. And she basically asked what happens. And we get the Dewey music in the background because yep. you know what you're talking about. And she goes, well, you know, sometimes you you just have to find somebody, uh, another loner that you can look out for, and they hold hands. And it's a cutesy moment. I'm not yeah. saying it's a great moment. No, but it, I'm it just works. saying it's a nice little cutesy moment yeah. for the movie because they're going to try to trap Ghostface. And Ghostface is on to him and uh, basically does not show up at the park, but is instead on the Upper West Side at Gail's house. And we get finally, finally, for the first time in any screen movie, and this is a yeah. fact, a Ghostface on the phone with Gail Weathers. Yeah. And I love the opening line of the conversation from Ghostface. It's been a long, uh, it's been a long time. We've never talked on the phone. Yep. Fucking great line. It was I great. thought it was great. It's not, for, it was for nostalgia. I liked it. And basically, you know, Ghostface is doing Ghostface things. Basically, I mean, you couldn't protect fucking Dewey. 
and he died because you couldn't protect him and you can't protect anybody around you and you're just a second rate you, and you're mad that you're second rate and uh, then uh, he kills off her muscular boyfriend which leads to the line that made us all laugh where she he was like Ghostface like all those muscles and they did, they did him no good and fucking Gail's response was yeah you're right no good at all <laughs> But Gail's got a gun, and I love what she does. Like, there's a little chase there, but I love what she does. She does what nobody else does. She goes, hold on a second. Ghostface's like, wait, wait, what? And she basically stars six nines his ass. Well, yeah, yeah, because she sees the number, so she can call it back, and she she goes to the second line, in mm-hmm. which she's like... The phone like- rings, and you find out Ghostface behind the door, although Ghostface looks like gets Gail. Yep. I love how Gail's final lines that we hear in the movie are, tell Sydney that he didn't get me. Yeah. He never got me. Uh, she does live, but we don't see her again in the movie. Although I do will say they did a good job of explaining Nev Campbell not being there. Yeah. Uh, basically, when they first Gail comes over, and even after there's a punch, Tara punches her because she moves out of the way. Of Sam's like, "Hi, I'm that's right," and then Tara gets her. And uh, basically, before they get in the cab, they're like, "I talked to Sydney on the phone," so they stopped to talk to her yeah. that long. And she's like, um, "She's, she's not like, coming she's not here. coming, right?" And she's like, "No, she took Mark and the kids, and they're they're leaving. They don't want to be." And yeah. she's like, "Good, that's the only." And Sam goes, "That's the only good part about all of this." Yes. So it was kind of cool that they didn't just not acknowledge her or whatever's going on. And honestly, after seeing this movie, I don't know where they would have put Nev Campbell yeah. in. So I'm thinking a lot of the pay dispute, honestly, in my opinion, must have been over a small role. Yeah. I don't think that they wanted to pay her a lot because I don't think she would have been in the movie very long. No, I, she might have shown up at the end. She wasn't going to die. I think that that was when I yeah. when we go down at the end. That's probably where I think she yeah, is. Instead well. of instead of Kirby pushing the the TV, TV over, which we'll it'll probably there. be probably be Nev or maybe something else like. Because we're all moving towards the back of this movie, so without giving any more, because we're going to dive into the end, because the end is uh, one of my pluses. Let's talk about pluses and minuses during the movie, and then we'll go into the end. How about that, Ron? Because uh, like I said, pretty much I don't need to go through. There's no yeah. other deaths until the end, really. I mean, we do have the subway stabbing of Mindy, but she yeah. does live through it. They suspect Ethan the whole fucking time. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, that, Paul goes face to his face. Like The problem with Ethan, man, is they needed to give him a different hairstyle because he just looks like Evan Peters that they ordered off a of Wish. Uh, yeah, and which kind of gives things away. And I'm like watching this. I'm like, dude, like... It, it, all joking aside, like they give you the feels that this could be Stu, Stu Mocker, like coming back. Like cause I felt that a lot through this whole movie. But every time that dude was fucking in that movie, I'm like, dude, it's him. Dude, I knew. Okay, so in, in the spoiler alert, we, we, it's going to be revealed later that it was Ethan was one of the killers. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I knew Ethan was one of the killers in the in the beginning. The only thing that held me back a little bit was I was like, well, usually when they go really hard on the red herring, usually they pull back off of it. Yeah, I. I kind of dismissed, and they could have gotten me really good because I dismissed instantly, as funny as it sounds, I dismissed Danny, cute boy. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's the love interest of Sam, yeah. I'm like, well, just like in two, they played it up. Yeah. Like, like you know, because remember, they do that in the, in two. No. They play it up that, yeah. that it's the love interest and it never was. It wasn't yeah. him. And, and the other thing with Danny is he's always like, that's fine. Don't trust anybody. And oh, he, like, tells, he tells us that straight out. He goes, he goes, listen, listen, don't trust anybody, including me. Yeah. He's like, if that's what you need to do, that's what I want you, you know, to do. Yeah. If that's what and you it's feel. funny because even later in the movie where she says to him, she says, you told me yourself, don't trust you. And he goes, and he's okay. like, he's like, I get it. I respect it. And just, just stay safe. I mean, he might be later. He might be next one. And then he still does help you. Yeah. Still helps her. <laughs> so it's kind of really interesting. But I thought like, I, I instantly dismiss him. 
I didn't think that they did, and and when we get to the end, I'll, uh, it obviously make more sense. I didn't think they did a good job of like really making me believe anybody was a red herring because, like I said, Ethan was pretty much a dead giveaway. Yeah. The only reason I ever questioned it was him was just because I was like, well, they're going awful strong that it's him because he's always not there. He's yeah. always disappearing. Yeah, he's, he's always he's like, not, he's not so on camera like, a lot. You're like, fuck, like it's got to be that kid. It definitely has to be him. He's got to be one of them. And I was having a rough time with the other one because the red herring job wasn't working out so well. Yeah. They even tried to tease some of the core four, if you will, which is a yeah. name they actually did give themselves. Yes. And you're just kind of like, you know, whatever. And at one point, you know, when we go into the end, they try to even tease Kirby. And I'm like, that's not going to fucking work. It yeah. can't be Kirby. Yeah. Like, that would be the, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess it would be a great twist, but it wouldn't make as much sense. Yeah. So I'm just like. When we come to the end of the movie, coming into it, I'm like, man, this is this is reminding me a lot of Scream 2, whereas we all know Nancy Loomis, who throughout the movie was Debbie Salt yeah. and a background character. At the end of the movie, she reveals that she's the killer and we re- and it gets revealed that she's Nancy Loomis, the, the, yeah. the, the mother. So you're like, I'm thinking there's something fucking wild like that's going to happen. Right. So I, I'm, I'm, I, but I think they failed in the red herring department in this movie. Yeah, That's one did. of the things I think they failed in. The other thing I think that they failed in going even in before the finals is there was some overacting, especially, especially by Bailey. Yeah. Detective Bailey, oh my God. <laughs> he, I, I made the joke that he was acting like a fucking, he was acting like a coked up fucking Henry Rollins. Yeah. I, like his, he was overreacting. Like there's scenes in the movies like, oh, they took me off the case, but I'm going to stay on because if you fuck with my family, you die. It's like he was hanging like out with Your daughter Toronto. just fucking died and you're just like, you fucking fuck with my family, you die. And then like when they're pitching the final like situation to him, he's like, he's like, what are you going to do then? We're gonna execute him. I'm in. <laughs> like, but he says it almost like it's. It's. Am I wrong? Yeah. Like I also no, said that he, he reminded me of the gym teacher from Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Like it was weird because at times, like there's other times where he's acting completely calm, but there's other times where he's acting like some fucking like. Urgh. Like when they steal the cop car from yeah. him, he doesn't even get that angry. It's yeah. fucking weird, man. I thought it was over overacting. Yeah. And, oh, it and was. We're not getting the final scene yet, but there's a couple other overactions in the final scene. So that that really kind of like. Yeah. Those are the things throughout the movie that kind of like I didn't like. Is there anything else throughout the movie? Not counting the end because we're going to go in that in a minute that you didn't like or that you really liked well, that we I, haven't already mentioned. Like overall, the pacing is good. Ghostface is in this movie a lot, uh, just like the 2022. So that's a plus. Body uh, counts up. Body count is up. Um, and the fact of, you know, what you however you want to put Ghostface, whatever. Uh, Rich and I are still trying to figure out exactly who was where, when, and what, and you know, so but when it, we get to the end, I yeah, got a theory yeah, on who yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it is. Yeah, no, I get you. Um, but like, and overall, like all the phone call moments were good. There wasn't that many super one-liners one-on-one from Ghostface him, themselves. <laughs> you know, like in, in the beginning, like through the whole thing, it was more just over the phone. Um, but it, it's like solid. It's like it's two hours, but it's not a bad two hours. Yeah, so, I didn't really. So feel the pacing like was good. So going into like giving a good like like those good things that I, and I agree. I think we're both in agreement on this movie yeah. and everything we've said. Uh, so going into the final, let's go into the end of the movie because I this is one of my shining points. I actually did like the end. I know some people, a lot of people liked it. There is a few that didn't. I really did like the end. So the end plan of this movie basically is they're going to lower him to the shrine of ghost face if you will yes and they're going to create a kill box 
So basically, you know, they have Kirby, Bailey, and the core four going there. On the way there, they get separated. So on the one train, you have Danny, Sam, Tara, and Chad, and then Mindy gets separated off with Ethan. And while on the train, Mindy does get stabbed. Well, Ethan is not by Ethan because Ethan is in your sight the whole time. Ethan helps her out, gets her paramax, and then he fucking disappears again. You already know that we've said that he's one of the ghost face, but he didn't stab her here. That's where I think they were trying to throw you off that he was one of them. Right. So... As we get there, and they get inside, Kirby's there. So Kirby's there. Uh, Danny, that's where she has the conversation that we talked about earlier that I did like for the things. Whereas, you know, Kirby's there, and they have Danny go. So they go inside. Kirby says, well, the door is only going to lock. As soon as they go through that door, that door locks. Then this door's locked. They can't get out of it. It's a kill box. Yeah. And so you're safe here, blah, blah, blah. And earlier in the movie, when they first find the shrine, Sam finally sees, this, thankfully in this movie, it's only two times. Yeah. Because uh, that's one of the things that I didn't like about 2022 is how many times we got to see Skeet Ulrich. Uh, I'm yeah. not still a fan of it because I, it's kind of, to me, it's a lazy plot device, honestly. It is, but I'm glad they didn't go away from right, it because right. they have already established it. Right. Okay. So I, I'm glad you said that because I agree with you. Since they established it, you kind of have to stick with it now because yes. abandoning it makes it look fucking stupid. Yes. Worse than what it is already. Right, like so, metachlorians. Yes, exactly. Worse than what it is already. So, but I'm glad that they peeled it back a lot. Yeah. Because like in Scream 2022, there's like six to eight scenes. And I like Scream 2022, but there's like six to eight scenes yeah. where Skeet Ulrich's ghost is there. And this one we get two. The first time they go there, she puts ends up putting her hand on it because she's like, you know, you know, it feels right. You know, you know, we're going to have to be a team. Sam, you know, d- you know, fucking Sam and... Uh, Billy on the road again, stabbing <laughs> motherfuckers. Like it's, it was kind of funny. I, I, I'll give it that. It was. I didn't. I don't prefer it, but it's kind of funny. And then the second time is in this scene, and he, she go. He goes, "You're smarter than this, Sam. You're You are. Yeah. You need to get a weapon, and you need to clear this place yourself. Because yes. whenever somebody tells us we're safe, we're not. Yes. You're smart. And so it's kind of interesting that like, even though he's the devil on her shoulder, he makes a lot of good sense. Yeah, he does. And uh, so she ends up opening the case and grabbing his knife. Good choice. So he's and that's what he says. Good choice. I like that one too. <laughs> it, it's, it, it is what it is. Yeah. So I, I was fine with it. As she comes to come down the thing, she gets a call from Detective Bailey and says, "Hey, do not trust. Where are you? We're there. Oh man, get out of there now. Kirby is not who she says she is. The FBI fired her two weeks ago or two months ago. They said she went crazy after the last Woodsboro killings and she's doing some wild stuff. Get out of there. You're not safe. I'm on my way." And you're like, oh, shit, they're pulling a Kirby trigger here. You know what I mean? So as she goes to try to find Tara and Chad, who are at the concession stand, and they finally give us the kiss, uh, Tara gets attacked by a ghost face. Yes. And then they beat said ghost face up. And as they're running away with Sam and trying to get away from this ghost face, and they think they have the upper hand, Chad gets got. Oh, he got got. He got got good. Because the other ghost face shows up. So there's two ghost (laughs) face, and they fucking stab the shit out of him. Oh. He got it both ways. And he's like, run. Well, he's doing that. (laughs) So now we get the fucking reveal, right? So here comes, as they come back out, here's, you know, Kirby. And she's all fucked up. And she's like, somebody, you know, you know. And they're like, not believing her. And here comes Detective Bailey, like, drop the gun, Kirby. And she's like, I don't know what he told you, but none of it's real. And she's like, all of a sudden, you see one of the ghost face coming up behind Detective Bailey. And Kirby goes, Look behind you, and as she goes to like move the gun towards the ghost face, she gets shot by Bailey, and then the ghost face stops right next to Detective Bailey. Yep. And then the other ghost face flanks to the other side of Detective Bailey. So now it's not 
Two, there's three. Although I will say I don't ever think Detective Bailey was in the ghost face suit. All right, I, and I, I understand that because that was the conversation we had. I thought there was a, like one or two spots that I thought he could have, but I don't but, really think that he ever. I do think he was on the phone. I, I think th- he was the one that was calling Gail. I think you. I think he was on the phone. I think he was the only one on on the phone. At really? Times. I think he was the phone caller. Every oh, every one of them. I mean, there's a couple he couldn't have been because I don't think he could have done it in the park because he was on the headset with them. So I'm. I'm kind of th- so. I think somebody else had to do it there. I think there was a couple. Well, where, it, I agree with you. I park, think he okay. Was, the park, yeah, you're right. The park one. The park one. I but was he probably wasn't, but I think he was on all the. Other I think he was on most of them. I'm going to say that. I think he was the caller for most of them. I don't know. There might have been that yeah. one is definitely he wasn't on the phone for, and there might have been and, one and, other. And one. that one was, but he was definitely on the phone for Gail because yeah. Ethan was being watched like a hawk at that yeah. point in juncture, and the other killer, which we'll talk about in a second, was the person in the room. Yeah. So there was no way they were on the phone. Being stealthy, yeah, and and the one in the park is very is a very short call. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's very short. It's like yeah, you think I you think I would be there? Ah, also, it had to have been that per the the, the ghost face that was at because they were yeah. at Gail's house. Yeah, so there you go. So that yeah. couldn't have been him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So 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 because the FBI traced it. Yeah. So even though that's not how traces work. Well, yeah. Right. Well, it's a movie, <laughs> dude. But at least they didn't pull the stupid keep him on the phone for two minutes bullshit. Right? <laughs> they should have. It's, I love that one more better. So anyways, <laughs> more better, like it's a real word. Anyway, so now we have Tara and Sam and they're kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And now we've know the Kirby's down. We don't know if she's dead or not. Uh, you know, yeah. Chad is presumed dead at this point in juncture. We saw him get stabbed the shit out of. And now we're going to get the reveals because Bailey says, hey, what are you talking about? So he says something about his son and the mask yeah. comes off and it's Ethan, which we already talked about. And they're sitting there and they're like, Holy shit. And he was like, and that's when they, re- well, then he doesn't say son. Cause he's like, Oh, is it right dad? And they're like, you're his son. Yeah. And then they look over and they are like Mindy. So I think Mindy is the other killer. Yeah. Well, it's revealed that Quinn is the other killer. Yes. The girl that we thought was dead pulls the Roman Bridger. <laughs> yes. And she is the daughter of Bailey. Yes. So it, and still really the daughter. And then, she, but her brother's Ethan. Yeah. But they're not, it's not their real names. We find yeah. out in that minute, but they're a family. Yep. And they have come to punish Sam because she's a killer. And at first she goes, you really believe that internet stuff? And he's like, what are you talking about? We don't give a fuck about internet. Who do you think created that internet rumor? And Quinn raises her hand. So they set up this whole thing. And then Ethan explains, hey, you know, it's not good enough just to kill somebody nowadays. You have to assassinate their character first. Yeah. But you are a killer. You are a killer. And uh, at this point, they explain their mask. Ethan has grandma's mask hey this is your grandmother's mask Nancy Loomis is from the second yeah. movie and then uh, Quinn's like oh I have my favorite Stu Mockers yep so that's the two masks and the last mask of course is Billy Loomis's and she and uh, Bailey has it and goes put this on this is your dad's yep and she smacks it away and she ends up getting cut there but it was it was kind of an interesting because as they're standing off they're like you're a killer and then all of a sudden Quinn yells you killed my bro- our, our brother yep and she was like, your brother, and they're like, you still ain't putting it together? It's Rishi Curse's family. Yep. It's his dad, his brother, and his sister. So let me get this whole exposition from Detective Bailey about, you know, he was, you know, a good boy and da-da-da-da-da. Yep. And at this time, the girls still have their bricks that they picked up. Because <laughs> that's going to come into play in a second. Because then they, the part that I liked about all this, because I really love Melissa Bar- Barrera's performance. I've said this before. I love how she turns down. She did it in Scream 2022 to an extent, and we get to see it a lot more here. Yes. Because in this scenes, we're going to get the killer inside of her. Yes. Because that's the whole thing. Is she a killer? Is she not yeah. a killer? And I've gone to the fact that she's just a defender. When she has to take care of business, she can click yes. in the side that it is kind of, 
you know, it's inherited from her daddy a little bit, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's funny because as they're taunting her, Quinn's got a knife to her throat and she goes, there's the killer. Now I see her. And if you notice, and, there, and I noticed you said it earlier to when we were talking yeah. to Diesel about this, and I, I agree, their camera's not on top of her, but you can definitely see a change in her face. Yes. Melissa Barrera changes her face. And all of a sudden, Melissa Barrera, who's this nice, sweet girl, turns into, turns into this almost arrogant because this is she, her dialogue yeah. her dialogue here and i'm not i don't remember all of it verbatim but her dialogue is she looks at bailey well she's got this knife to her throat she looks at Bailey, like detective bail the dad and she goes you know your son was was weak he, he couldn't even do the job himself he had yep. his girlfriend do all the work he was a little man baby and, and, and the dad goes no 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 he was strong he was virile and she goes you know what's even worse and she chuckles like she makes that cocky charge this is um she yeah. was like, he cried right before I slit his throat. Yep. And that's how she delivers the line. And I said to you, like, if they were delivering it as Ghostface, oh, it sounds like a Ghostface line. Like, yes. if Roger Jackson said those lines in that cadence, in the voice, you would have thought it was a Ghostface call. And, like, this drives them to go a little crazy. Which, oh, sorry. Well, which, if she did put on the mask at that point in time, would have been nice. Because you could have had that situation. But I understand why they didn't do it. Yeah, as yeah, we right. go on. So, so in the meantime, because they're getting a little crazy, he gives the nod to Tara, and Tara fucking smacks uh, Quinn in the face, face and knocks the fucking, fucking teeth, teeth out of her mouth. That was fucking like insane. Like I thought that was a really cool effect. And the front one was cracked, like you half uh, half hanging off. In the meantime, Kirby tries to jump back in and grabs Ethan. Ethan ends up getting a hold of the knife. Kirby, the knife that stabbed Kirby. Uh, in this whole thing, Melissa loses her dad's knife somewhere yeah. on the ground. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, Ethan stabs Kirby with the knife that she was stabbed with originally. And she's like, is this familiar? She's like, fuck you. And she gets <laughs> stabbed in the same spot. And it's funny because Melissa Barrera, sorry, Sam, runs yeah. over and not, he, she hits him with a brick and knocks him away for a second. And she's like, I'm sorry, I got to. And she pulls <laughs> the fucking knife out. She's like, I'll get help. The, the, the one thing you're not supposed to do, take a knife out of and a she's like, she's like, She's like, I'll get help. She's like, thank you. And like it's just a little dialogue. I mean, I didn't like it. I didn't like it necessarily, but it was kind of interesting. It's funny. And she turns around, either charges her, and she fucking just da, 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 da. like she's so good with that fucking yeah. knife. I want to be honest. Sam Carpenter, uh, Melissa Barrera, she's yeah. doing some shit. Being she's hand speed with a knife is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And she doesn't kill him, but she allows him to get away. They climb up to the balcony because there's an exit up there, and they're coming over. And as they're coming over, Tara gets shot by Bailey. Like it's not really a shot. No. It's like a graze. Well, there's a there's a gunfire. I don't know if she actually technically takes well, the she shot. She falls over the but whale. But she slides off because you have to climb around the stuff. But she slips after the gunshot because he's like, uh, so. So, in the meantime, Sam grabs her. She's like, I can't hold on. You got to let me go. She's like, I can't. I'm not going to let you go. And in the down below, you have Ethan fucking trying to stab at her with a knife. And then the cheesy line. Earlier in the movie, he's like, I can't die a virgin. So, we're <laughs> assuming he's still a virgin. And as he's trying to slice Tara with a knife he looks up and goes Tara I've always wanted to stick something into you <laughs> and you're just like you fucking cheesy bastard you yeah, fu man. I didn't like the line it's cheesy it's a cheesy line but I, but know, Quinn man. missing teeth is now up in the balcony and so now she's coming towards it and Tara's like you have to let me go you have to trust me because we're not going to make it through other ways yeah. so she kept the knife Sam keeps the knife from Kirby, taking it out of Kirby and what she stabbed Ethan yeah. with, hands it to fucking Tara and lets her go. When Tara comes down, Ethan kind of gets a little stab, but then fucking Tara just takes the knife and jabs in his fucking mouth yep. and pushes. Like, dude, I was impressed with this kill because, A, Jenna Ortega, I think this is the first kill we've seen her really do, yeah. like real kill. 
she fucking pushing to the back of his mouth and then she fucking turns that yep. motherfucker and you're like holy shit and in the meantime this stops Quinn who's now like looking at her brother with these big wide eyes and then we get another one of those condescending lines because it comes up to Sam and Sam goes huh Looks like you lost another brother. <laughs> and she screams and goes to charge her. And Sam just puts up the gun that was already in her hand and shoots her in the head. Yep. And you're just like, dumb bitch. <laughs> so now Detective Bailey's up there, the dad, if you will. And he comes after her. She has the gun on him. And she fires. And, of course, the gun's empty. She's yep. like, son of a bitch. So she throws it down. And she does the most gangster thing ever. She just charges him. Yep. And they both go over the rail. They go through. A, she's He's on the bottom. So he goes through the yeah. case first. And then I, we don't know how long they were out for. Yeah. But you get an idea that they were out for a second. Well, he was, he was definitely out for a couple minutes. Because when he comes to, there's no Sam. There's yep. no Tara. And he's like, where are you at? You know, kind of looking around. Phone and then rings. his phone rings. <laughs> and, he, and it's Sam's number. And when yep. he answers it, he hears Ghostface. And it's basically, hey, you know, what's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> and he's like, oh, how cute. And she's like, I hope it's this one because you're in one. Yep. And he's like, "Oh, you're being so cute." And he gets behind the the curtain of the stage, which is kind of ripped. It's, it's playing. It's playing Richie's movie the whole time because yeah. Richie used to make fan films. Yeah. So it's playing the movie the whole time, and it's my favorite part about this is he looks around and he sees what we see at the same time. The robe for Billy Loomis is gone. Gone. And he's like, "Oh, see, so you're trying on your lineage. Yep. Embracing it. You're a killer. You know you're a killer. You killed my son. And I'm gonna. You know." She's like. Yeah, you know, she's basically taunting him, and he finally gets to the point where he's like, I'm a cop. Who do you think they're going to believe? She goes, whoever's alive. Yep. And mind you, it's with the voice. The whole time, it's the ghost face voice. And he's shooting around because he's hearing her move, and he doesn't see her. And then from the the movie has a fire scene in it, and it looks like fire on the stage, and she appears coming through the curtain as he turns around, and she fucking brings up the knife and knows he's wearing a bulletproof vest. And just tags the fuck out of his neck, shoulder, like wherever yeah. the fucking vest is. Yeah, and she's, sides, and yeah. I mean, it's rapid. It's like, yeah, if you can hear my hand, it's, it's like a, fucking rapid like fire. Diesel on a Saturday night. It, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's rapid fire. And he drops to his knees. And at this point, Tara comes on the stage and it's, it's right where she's going to deliver a head fucking blow or a face blow with a knife to end him. And she stops because her sister's there. Yep. And she takes off the mask and she goes, listen, I'm not a killer. I'm just protecting my family and I'm protecting me. And she's like, thank you. Thank you. And she looks at Tara and Tara kind of tilts her head (laughs) and fucking she goes, but you did fuck with my family. And she just jabs the fucking knife right in his eye. Yep. Takes him out. I thought that was awesome. Oh, it was amazing. And seeing her in the ghost face costume was fucking cool. Yeah. Because we know she's never going to be a ghost face. Let's be honest. Hopefully not. But like, it was cool to see that. And it was cool to hear the voice coming out of her. I thought that that was, that was for me, the fan service for that. I get it. Fan service. I still liked it. No, I I agree with you hundred percent on it. I just really hope we'd never see her as ghost face. But then we get one of our favorite parts because we get the classic scream fake out as we're sitting on the stage and they're saying about how oh, no, I want you to protect me I'm going to get so much therapy all of a sudden Ethan runs around the corner because he's not dead yet although there's blood coming out of his mouth and then the TV that killed Stumacher falls on his head and takes him out and who did it? Kirby way to go Kirby and Kirby just delivers one of my favorite lines of the movie when she goes 
I saw that in a scary movie once. <laughs> it's Fucking epic. So good, so good. So we get to the end, and of course, this part I didn't like as much. I'm going to be honest, because I hate the mushy fucking scream ending. Danny got the cops there. Contact, the cops storm in. Everybody's running around, but they're not stopping anybody. Like The cops wouldn't just be letting people that are involved in some kind of homicide yeah. going anywhere until they figure yeah. that shit out, right? Yeah. So, like... They end up outside, and, you know, cute boy slash Danny is there, and uh, the two girls are next to where Kirby's getting loaded in, and Kirby gives them the, anytime you need me, call me. We're, we're, we might be a yeah. fucked up family, but we're family. Yeah. Well, and you, you, anytime you need me, and the girls are, and Tara starts to cry, because she's like, Chad, because, you know, finally they kiss, but then he's dead, and then all of a sudden they go, we got another one. Yeah, and here and comes here Chad. Comes Chad all stabbed up on the thing. Like, he's the new age Dewey. That's yeah. what I figured out. Yeah. And she goes over and kisses him and puts the, oh, sorry, you need this oxygen. And here comes Mindy running down the fucking street. I figured it out. Ethan and Bailey, they're the killer. (laughs) And Quinn. And Quinn? I didn't figure it out. And she goes, again? I missed the monologue again? (laughs) And she's like, she gets in the thing and she, and and basically Chad's like, what's going on? She, they gave me a lot of drugs. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they're they're, 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 they're both Dewey, the twins. They 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 are both the Dewey. They gave me a lot of drugs. (laughs) I loved it. So they get inside the, the ambulance, and then, of course, we get the shot of Tara, Sam, and Danny walking down the street. Well, at first, we get the reveal that she, Sam, Sam had kept, the, the kept her dad's mask, and then she just drops it on the ground. So the, it was a cool shot. Yeah. you got to give it to her. The camera angled over the yeah. mask as they walk away, and then that's the end. Of, and they, we get, oh, we get the classic end to a Scream movie. We get the ghost face slashing at shit. Yeah. Or no, the gun. It was the gun. They oh, yeah, pumps yeah, yeah, the gun, yeah. Yeah. and then that's it. Yeah. So it was cool, and they gave us a classic ending. I'll give him that. And then there was the bonus credit scene, which was just Mindy during her speech going, it's end of the credits, by the way. Yeah. Not every movie needs an end credit scene. And that's where it comes. I yeah. thought that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I do have some theories on it. I will say this. I did, for the most part, like the ending. I don't like that mushy ending because yeah. I hate how they did it. I wish they would have done... I like how they led you to believe through some of this movie that it could have been Stu or yeah. the cult of Ghostface. Yeah. There was a couple really good moments of that. I don't know where they're going in the future. I said it going in. that I was kind of hoping they'd have the balls to like have the Ghostface win. Not win, but just get away yeah. and not die. Of course, we didn't get that. The three conspirators all dead. I, I mean, there might be an overlord. We might find out that that's the Stu role. That was the original plan yeah. in, for Scream 3. Obviously got nixed after Columbine. Maybe they'll revive it for Scream 7 or 8 or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, there, there. You know, I some of the lines were cheesy, but I really think what one that's the final scenes for me. I thought the dust scenes in there were cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously the gunshot wasn't as cool, but the knife through the mouth, yeah. cool. The stabbing up fucking Bailey was cool. I loved the uh, fan service of of Sam being in her dad's robe and yeah. fucking mask, and more importantly than all of that, even with the ghost face voice. More importantly than all that, I love how she turns it on. Yeah. Because even before she was in there, that lines where she's delivering about Richie and calling him a man baby yeah. and how he cried when I slit his throat. I'm like, those are fucking just... This character is not normally like this. So when you fucking force her into a corner and she becomes this, it's fucking... I think it's cool. I think it's a cool dynamic, yeah. in my opinion. Maybe some people don't like it. I just... I really liked it. What do you think about the end as a whole? As a whole, it was fine. It's like you said, the mushy side of things, fine. It's just to keep the core for so now it's just now they have to introduce a shit ton of more people because now you got to figure out who's who, because yeah. unless they pull one of the core four to be, you know, Ghostface. Somebody's got to get killed. Yeah, somebody's so, got to well, die. Somebody, some, somebody's got to die, and if you're the core four, if they're going to keep them going, then you know they're not going to die. And depending on how many movies they want to do with this, um, but like it's fine. You know, I get it. So I had the interesting uh, thing. So like you, when you start matching people up, obviously the new age. Uh, you know, Sydney is Sam. 
it, it, different, but yeah. you yeah, know yeah. that's who she is. Uh, I feel like what they're doing now with Chad and Tara is is very reminiscent of Gail and Dewey, yeah. the love relationship. He's got some he's quirky like Dewey, but he's more masculine and whatever. Yeah. Mindy's definitely following her her uncle Randy. Yeah. Uh, she's that character in these movies. So I mean, they have their roles, and I dig them. I just don't think that they need it. I understand that they've played with some of the roles. I just don't think that they needed them. I, I said to you, there's a, there, in a way, it almost seems like Tara is the new Sydney. Yeah. Because it just seems like almost like she's that. And Sam is something completely new and different, right. even though she's the lead. I don't know. I hope they continue that direction because yeah. we saw some of that in this movie. And I hope they continue in that direction because I like what we get with this mix of Sam. I don't need her to just be the Sydney character. Yeah. I need her to be above and beyond that. And I hope that continues. So I think they were in the right direction in this movie, honestly, with that. So, I mean, that's where I think they're going. Yeah. Uh, overall though, I, I got to say, I, I, my, I like the end beginning. Yeah. I love the end. Um, there was things I didn't like. Obviously we talked yeah, about those. Do you want to add anything before we go to no, uh, the gonna, number? I think we hit it all. It's, it's a solid movie. If, like you said, if you're a screen fan, you'll definitely enjoy this movie. If you're not a screen fan, if you want to dive in, you can technically watch this alone. Oh, I agree with so. you. You could technically do it. Well, we're not going to play the game. We're just nah. going to give the numbers from around the internet because we're, you know, in the middle of almost having a snowstorm and getting <laughs> out of here. So uh, just My so you guys know the, 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 know the real life. <laughs> so uh, first off, IMDb gave this an 8 out of 10. No, oh, nice. Metacritic is at a 62%. So for Metacritic, that's not too bad. It's not horrible. Rotten Tomatoes critic score, 76%. Nice. The Rotten Tomatoes fan score, 92% yeah, is the I, highest. I probably would have said 88. And Google users, 89%. Wow, they're lower. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of weird. They're, they're a fucking fickle bunch. <laughs> I don't know how else to say about those yeah. guys over there. All right, so now that we've got those scores out of the way, it is now time to give you our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Most of you already know how the nerd score and nerd scale works. I'm going to give you a quick uh, recap. The nerd score is based on our critic score mixed with an entertainment score. So that way, and it's overall a recommendation. So it's a recommendation for you to see the movie based on our beliefs. Uh, of course, I will give my critic score at the end as well. The nerd scale is as follows. It's a five-point scale. Number one on the scale, no. That means it's a terrible movie. You should never see it. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not a terrible movie, but it's still not good. You've been warned. A three on the nerd scale is, ah, it's good. That's an average to good movie. It's not a essential to see but you won't be upset about watching it a four is just take my money and of course that spot is reserved for essential films very good to great films spend the money on the theater buy it honestly add it to your rotation you're not going to regret it and a five is the rarefied air it's certified nerd and those are the legendary films like jaws halloween jurassic park etc i think i've explained that enough now that i've done that ron what is your nerd score and why for scream six uh, this movie is, uh, to me, I, I give it a four. Show me the money! There's a few things, you know, that take you kind of out of the movie. I'm not going to lie. When Kirby first shows up and it's like FBI agent Kirby Reed, I'm like, eh, I wasn't feeling it. Not going to lie. I was like, oh, this is not good. And then I felt like it was a forced position for the character. But once you get to the point with the banter between her and Gail and then her explaining why she became an FBI agent, you kind of went, okay, I get it. I'm okay with this now. But at first, when you when you when when they reveal her, you're just kind of like, eh, it took me out of the movie for a minute. Um, you know, Ethan, you know, they should have changed his hair because he was just Evan Peters off a of wish. Uh, it took me out of the movie every time I saw him. 
it's why I kept saying this is the guy's going to be the killer. And even if they meant to get Evan Peters to play that role, you can't do it because it would have done the same thing. You would have been like instantly, no matter how well he played that character, you would have known instantly he was the killer. So it was just one of those catch 22s. Um, overall though, it is a great continuation of the scream series. I do agree with rich. It's probably one of the best version or, uh, scream movies out there. Um, if you're a fan, you'll love it. You should love it. Uh, if you don't, we'd like to hear from you, but I, I, you know, don't see why you wouldn't love it. Uh, and it's solid. It keeps the things going forward. I'm going to just jump right to it. I'm going to agree with you on these nerd scale. It is. I get show it forward. So just show me the money. Um, I think it's definitely worth seeing the theater. I think it's definitely worth, it is on the top or top half of the screen movies. I have said before on record, I'll say it right here. I don't believe there's a bad movie in this franchise. I'm not saying all of them are great, no. but there's not a bad movie. There's not a stinker in the franchise. True. And this carries that tradition. It's not. And I coming out of it, I'm trying to think of where I place it. I've kind of decided now that it's probably in my opinion, the third best movie in the the franchise, sure. only behind the first movie and the second movie, which were both phenomenal movies. Uh, obviously, the first is yeah, the, what things of legends are made of, yeah. and the second one is very good. It's one yeah. of the better sequels in horror history. Period. I could, I could see people intertwining these whichever way, like like three, you know, yeah. six, two, and one, or one, six, and two, or yeah. two, six, and you know, I could agree. With I, you. I I can see because there are peaks in each of those that people could like more. As far as my critic score goes, I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. Nice. This movie is is it's really good. It's shot well. I think the yeah. story pacing is well. You know, was there, there there's some stuff I didn't like. As we mentioned, I didn't like some of the overacting. I didn't like some of like the stuff. But at the end of the day, for a Scream movie, you know, a lot of Scream movies, sacri- there's a certain amount of plot sacrificing and point deduction off the top because you have to believe uh, to hide this, to, to hide Ghostface, you can't have the characters in the suits. Yeah. You have to have the stump people yeah. in the suits. And so, therefore, if there's a certain amount that you can't believe. Also, breaking down the logic, like we said, I think in this movie... I uh, didn't mention it earlier, but I think in this movie, the brother, Ethan, killed most of the people. Yeah. He was the person where we know he definitely killed the boyfriend. He yep. definitely killed Annika. Yep. He's definitely the one that was at the bodega. Yep. He So he killed the three people at the bodega. I'm assuming he was the one before the party because Quinn was at the apartment banging somebody. So I'm assuming he was yep. the one that killed Jason Carvey and, yep. and, and uh, yep. uh, Greg. Yep. I'm, assuming, so he, I'm assuming he got them. Really, by her own amends, I think Quinn didn't kill anybody because she failed because Gail's still alive in the hospital. She's in stable condition at the hospital. And obviously, Mindy was back after the stab. And she admitted to stabbing both of them. So I think that the only two people she actually stabbed were Mindy and Sam. Or not Sam, sorry. Mindy and Gail. Yeah. And so that's it. I mean, I guess she did kind of cut Sam at one point, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still, she, I don't uh, think she was. You yeah, can count Chad. They both yeah. they both stabbed yeah. Chad, but Chad ended up living. Yeah. Which 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 was came to the cool scene where you had both Ghostface standing next to each other, and they both cleaned the knives. Oh, at the, at the same, same time. time. That and, was and, cool. And, like I just want to know how long that took. If, if it's one of those, sh- if it's one of those Michelle Pfeiffer's and Batman Returns where it was done in the first shot, it, it's amazing. I thought it was great. Yeah. I'm 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 fucking agreeing with you there. It was fucking tremendous. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I, all things said, eight out of ten. Both of us give it a four on the nerds guy. Just kind of bump it to certified nerd because at the same time, there's movie. enough. Well, here's the thing: not just as a horror movie, certified. To me, I can I certify nerd the first two. Yeah. I think, of course, one yeah, is going to be one of the greatest movies of all time. Two, I give it an eight and a half to. So yeah. uh, I, I said it backwards yesterday. 
I think one's a nine out of ten. Basically, the only points I deduct from that is obviously the logical points because you can't make the movie without violating those logic. Yes. So you have to understand that going into a screen movie. I think this one explained plots a lot better because at the end of the movie, when you were like, well, why wouldn't they just kill them earlier? That wasn't the point. The point was to run her reputation yes. down and then yeah. frame her for things. That's why it played out the way it is. And they kind of yeah. explained that. So it made sense to not, you know, the one was their roommate. You could have killed her in her sleep, but that yeah. wasn't the point. The point was, and also when people were like, well, how did they know how to handle they had a year of training. The yes. two, the brother and sister had a year of training to be Ghostface. That's more than any other Ghostface has yep. ever pretty much done. We don't even remember any of them training. Because, yep. I mean, let's be honest. And two, Mickey Altieri is just like, oh, I got hit up on the internet and decided, fuck it, I'll kill people because yep. then I'll be famous. Yep. And I can blame it on the movies. Yep. You know, like, like so it's like most of the people don't even train for this role. But... It's looked at like this. Their dad's a cop, probably trained them all the hand-to-hand yeah. combat. They were proficient with moving and everything. Yep. So I'm assuming there was some training there. Yeah, I That's agree. all I'm saying. So I think that was a little more of a plot than other movies. I mean, yeah. mind you, if you don't agree, that's fine. Your opinion is fine. Uh, make sure you hit us up on one of the socials or whatever, 3fmpodcast.com to get that information. But I think that's where I'm going to settle. Eight out of ten and a four and we both gave it a four so just take my money go see this in the theaters if you can yeah. if not you pay for it. add to the collection get that new box set when it comes out well that's going to bring us to the end of the show uh you know till the next time you hear us which will be on the 3fn podcast proper unless you're on patreon it's going to be next week when we review shazam fury of the gods yep for the patrons you're going to hear us probably in between there uh but uh <laughs> patreon.com slash 3fm podcast if you want to join that for as little as dollar a month with that being said though for myself and for ron take care of yourselves take care of each other and most importantly later nerds later <laughs>